Alrighty, what's going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Trent Corville Show. I am him. I greatly appreciate everybody joining us here on this beautiful, beautiful week. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL season is wrapping up, as we know. We have an extra week. We have an extra week. And let me tell you, COVID-19 Omnicron, okay, Omnicron version. We've had, I feel like we, we were just listening off boy bands here now. We've had Delta. We've had Omnicron. I, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Omnicron's no joke. It's it's absolutely plaguing the NFL. It's plaguing the NBA. It's plaguing the NHL. Feels like we're in kind of a similar cycle as we were, you know, last year. But the good news is majority of these athletes are vaccinated. They're not getting sick and protocols are being changed. But we're wrapping up the NFL season, and I like doing this, going through the season awards, okay, and looking at the odds for athletes in the NFL, who's going to win the MVP, rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, and coach of the year. So we're going to go through all of those. It, it usually sparks good you know, conversation with myself in my own head, which is absolutely lovely. The Big Bad Wolf. Number 12, up there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. As of right now, you'll be listening to this on a Thursday. Those odds will stay the same. As of right now, Aaron Rodgers is the leader in the clubhouse to win back-to-back NFL MVPs. And you can hear it in my voice. I've never been more excited. I've never been more excited. What What have I been saying coming on this program scorched earth Aaron Rodgers okay obviously the immunized situation happened everybody's saying he's lying he's lying to the media he's lying to the public let's go back for a minute the NFL knew that he wasn't vaccinated the uh the team knew he wasn't vaccinated teammates knew he wasn't vaccinated he said immunized yes he misled the public but it's nowhere near Antonio Brown having a fake vaccination card it's not even in the same stratosphere okay so people are being like Oh, Antonio Brown got a three-game suspension, you know, for his vaccination card, and Aaron Rodgers was fined $14,000. Yes, that's chump change to Aaron. He spends that on a dinner every Wednesday night. I mean, let's be honest. You know, the guy has unlimited money, but he did not lie to his teammates or the NFL, and that's what matters. You don't think coaches go on there and their press conferences lie all the time? All the time. Uh, Bill Belichick, he doesn't give anything away. He's probably lying about half the stuff he says because he doesn't want anyone to know any type of information about his football team. So I don't blame Aaron Rodgers. And we have the toe issue. Okay. We have the pinky toe. He pulled it out during a Zoom press conference to show the world. It is now his Twitter profile. I absolutely love it. Scorched Earth Aaron Rodgers. He is the leader in the clubhouse, plus 110 to win the MVP. Let me throw these stats out here. Real quick, Aaron Rodgers has played 13 games. He's missed one game this season, okay, due to uh, COVID-19. 3,500 yards passing, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's what you want. And last game, he breaks, or excuse me, ties Brett Favre's all-time record for passing touchdowns with the Green Bay Packers, 442. Now, let me throw some more stats at you if you don't mind. He tied that record, 442, and he will break it this weekend with... 193 less interceptions, 93 less games played, and 1,700 less pass attempts. So can we actually compare these two gentlemen? Can we? Brett Favre, phenomenal quarterback, one of the best to ever do it, no doubt. He was a gunslinger. That's what everybody says. Oh, he had all those interceptions because he was a gunslinger. So is Aaron Rodgers. 
He's a gunslinger. He throws the football down the field accurately. I say it all the time on this program. Aaron Rodgers is the best ball thrower in the history of ball throwers. That proves it to me right there. Did anybody see the throw he made to Marquez Valquez Scantley against the Ravens? In between three defenders, you could put it nowhere else. And he even said it on an interview. He said, that was a pretty good throw. Like, he's the best ball thrower in the history of ball throwers. I absolutely love it. He's the leader in the clubhouse to win the MVP. Now, what we have to remember about the MVP voting is that it's of members of the media. And the NFL media at the moment aren't fans of Aaron Rodgers. So, if this happens, and Aaron Rodgers is the by far the MVP, by far. And it, and it will be towards the end of the season. He's can he hasn't thrown an interception in 6 games. What are we doing? If he doesn't win the MVP, this is an incredibly slanted award. It has to be a slanted award because if he doesn't win it with the stats that he has, there's no point in giving out this award if the media won't vote for him just because of his recent immunized situation. I think that's absolutely bogus. But Aaron Rodgers right now, leader in the clubhouse for the MVP. Right behind him, the man that never ages, the 44-year-old phenomenon, Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl champion, at plus 160 right now. 4,300 yards. He has an all-pro tight end. Three all-pro receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. That helps, okay? When Aaron Rodgers is thrown to Devontae Adams and Marquez Valquez scantly, okay, that's a little different than three all-pros catching passes for you. I'm sorry, that's just it. And he's also got Leonard Fournette in the backfield, Aaron Jones in the backfield, really, or excuse me, Ronald Jones in the backfield, really helps Tom's game. But the numbers speak for themselves. 4,300 yards, 36 touchdowns. I hope Tom Brady plays forever. It'd be great to see a 75-year-old man in pads throwing footballs. We all want to see that, right? But right now, Aaron Rodgers is best quarterback in the NFL. He is the MVP. They have already clinched the division. They're the first team in the NFL to clinch a division. They're sitting at 11-3. and three. The guy's got a broken toe. He hasn't practiced. And oh, by the way, their starting left tackle is out. One of their starting corners is out. And their right guard is out. And everybody's supposed to be back before the playoffs. Um... Hello. It would be perfect if, let's say, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers played in the Super Bowl. It'd be absolutely phenomenal. That's what we're setting up to be. But Tom Brady, second in the uh, clubhouse right now, plus 160. Jonathan Taylor. This guy, Jonathan Taylor, out of Wisconsin, second-round pick, absolutely phenomenal. 18 touchdowns this year, 1,500 yards. That that we're talking Ladanian Tomlinson numbers at his prime. And he looks it too. He's big, he's strong, he's got the thighs, his you know, he's got the bubble butt. You can tell that he can run through tackles. And the offensive line helps as well. They got a couple all pros for the Colts on the offensive line. The only thing I'm concerned with with the Annapolis Colts is Carl Wentz. Carson Wentz. Okay, I like to call him Carl just because I think it's funny. Carl Wentz is the only problem for the Indianapolis Colts. The defense is there. Darius Leonard, South Carolina State boy. Shout out to South Carolina State, by the way, getting the win against uh, getting the win against Jackson State. Big time in the Celebration Bowl. Big time for HBCUs. But a Darius Leonard, he's at linebacker, one of the best in the game. DeForest Buckner, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. These guys can really play football. But it's Carson Wentz. Do we trust Carson Wentz to win a Super Bowl? No. I'll say it right now. I don't. 
But Jonathan Taylor, plus 1,000 to win the MVP. We all know it's a, it's a quarterback award. Let's not be fooled. It's a quarterback award, but I'd love to see him win it. I think he's had a phenomenal year, but it just won't happen. This is a quarterback-driven league, quarterback award. Now, Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford at plus 1,000. It's not going to happen. And Josh Allen, plus 1,500. Josh Allen, a little bit of a disappointing year, the Buffalo Bills. They have the same roster they did last year. They actually gained a couple guys, and they've digressed. I don't know what what the problem is. They can't stop the run. And so what do teams do when they play the Buffalo Bills? They run the ball 45 times, and they win the football game. It's simple. If you don't let Josh Allen go deep, if you don't let him you know, throw the 20-plus yards, you can win a football game. And also, the Buffalo Bills... They don't have a run game. They can't run the football. They have nobody, and the offensive line isn't great. It's good, but it's not great. They don't open up enough holes for Devin Singletary, who's their starting running back. Yeah, ask me his name again. You probably don't know him because that's how non-existent their run game is. That's that's just what it is right now. Sorry, not sorry, but Pat Mahomes, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, can we have the conversation about Matthew Stafford? He's good, okay? He's a good quarterback but everybody was always saying hey as soon as you get Matthew Stafford out of Detroit he will be a baller he will be the NFL MVP he is the guy let's remember Matthew Stafford played with arguably one of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history that being Calvin Johnson and they never went to the playoffs right and the Rams have struggled this year no doubt they've had good wins but they've struggled. Matthew Stafford, more importantly, has struggled, and he struggled against good teams. And now when I start thinking, okay, he's never been to a playoff game. Matthew Stafford's never been to a playoff game. People say he's a Hall of Famer, never been to a playoff game. So he's got to play good teams in the playoffs. That's how you get to the playoffs. If he's struggling against good teams, I'm a little nervous for the Rams, but look, they're trying to do the NBA model. Hey, let's get as many stars as we possibly can. Let's put them on a court and let's win a championship. That works in the NBA. Sometimes it doesn't work in the NFL. You got to have the guy like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, that one-two punch that every team in the NFL just seemed to can't f- figure out. And people are like, how, you know, how do you stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? You don't. They're both so good at football. You can double-team Devontae Adams all you want. All you want. He's going to find a way. He's going to find a way. Aaron Rodgers is also going to find a way to get him the football. That's just it. That that separates the good from the great. You find a way to get it. Hey, you're double teamed. You got a corner pressed up man on you. You got a safety over top. The linebackers even watch you. Figure it out. I'll get the ball to you. It'll be there. That's their model. But I digress. We move on. Let's talk rookie of the year. It's got to be Mac Jones, right? Got to be Mac Jones, the New England Patriots. But the Pats lost to the Indianapolis Colts, okay? Carl Wentz tried to give away that football game. He went 5 for 13 for 58 yards and an interception. And the Patriots lost the football game. That's concerning. Now, they didn't have their starting running back, Damian Harris. But let's all be honest here. I want to have this conversation again. If it was Trevor Lawrence with the New England Patriots, would he be the leader in the clubhouse for the rookie of the year? If it was Justin Fields in the Patriots offense, would he be the leader? Now, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be anything in the NFL, so I won't even go there. Even even take a guy like Kyle Trask. Would he in the Patriots offense, would he have similar success? You know, I think about these things. Mac Jones, obviously, Heisman candidate, phenomenal quarterback. Again, he was throwing 
to two top 10 picks at wide receiver and a a top 25 running back. So we have to factor that into his college success. And now that he's in the NFL with a great roster and the evil genius hoodie, Bill Belichick, he's going to be very, very good. Personally, if I were giving out this award, Mac Jones is great. He's going to win it. I would love to see Jamar Chase win this award. He's got eight touchdowns on the year. You know, they, they've been a depleted team. Jamar Chase is going to be a star. He is already a star. I don't know what's in the water down there in Baton Rouge, but over the last couple of years, they have made some phenomenal receivers who will have success for years and years to come. I love watching Jamar Chase play football. I do. There's, I, I believe in, in this year, he's had seven uh, catches over 40 yards. That's the most in the NFL by a long shot. It's not even close. I think Justin Jefferson, his teammate at LSU when they won the national championship, he has three, you know? So, like, he's a rookie playing against veteran defensive backs and making them look silly. In my eyes, that guy should win. That guy should win because he's overcome so much adversity playing the wide receiver position, catching balls from Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I love Joe Burrow. He struggles sometimes. He definitely struggles sometimes. You see it. But you, that's going to happen in young quarterbacks. That's why that's why I'm not hopping on the Justin Fields stinks bandwagon because his coach is horrible. Matt Nagy, he's going to be fired. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He's got a terrible offensive line. He's got nobody catching passes for him. That's just how it works. You're going to look bad, and the media is like, oh, you know, already a bust. He's a bust. No, he's not a bust. Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his first year. 28. You call Peyton Manning to bust now? Don't think so. Don't think so. So let's not hop on the uh, Justin Fields is a is a bus train. I'm not doing it. But Mac Jones definitely going to win uh, Rookie of the Year. Now, Defensive Rookie of the Year is by far a man by the name of Micah Parsons. And it's not even close. This guy is even in the Defensive Player of the Year running as a rookie. Now, let me tell you something about Micah Parsons. This gentleman is six foot four. 260 pounds, big guy, about 255. I give him 260 on a good day when he's got pads on. Runs a 4-3-8 40-yard dash that's faster than most wide receivers and running backs, and he plays outside linebacker, but also covers the slot, covers tight ends, plays middle linebacker, and lines up on the outside. And this is this is why I like the conversation You know, with people like, oh, you know, older players were much better than newer players. They were tougher. Older players couldn't cover every position on the football field. And he does it with no, you know, no backtrack anything. I mean, he'll rush the passer on a first down, come off the edge against a left tackle. He'll get a sack. And then you'll see him like, Oh, wait, he just came off the edge. Now he's standing at middle linebacker about to cover Rob Gronkowski coming down a seam route. That's unbelievable. He started out the season at middle linebacker. He struggled mightily when it came to coverage. And now, I mean, people don't want to throw his way. He's got 12 sacks on the year as a guy who came into the league as a middle linebacker. Literally in the middle of the season said, hey, You're going to rush the passer. We're going to put you on the edge. He's got 12 sacks, 12 sacks, 57 solos. He's done it. He will win defensive rookie of the year. And if we go to defensive player of the year, guess who's third as a rookie for defensive player of the year? None other than Micah Parsons. 
unbelievable as a rookie to be up there. Actually, I mean, there's two Dallas Cowboys on the list. Trayvon Diggs, 10 interceptions this year. I've talked about this guy before. Unbelievable. He's a second-year player. Unbelievable how this guy plays football. It's, it's amazing. He started out at Alabama's wide receiver. They move him to corner, which is arguably the hardest transition to make ever. The corner is by far the most athletic person on the field. You are starting at a disadvantage. You're starting backwards. And you're supposed to keep up with a wide receiver who is running full speed. And oh, by the way, you're running backwards trying to keep up with him. You're the most athletic person on the field. And to have 10 interceptions in a singular NFL season, he won't win any awards, unfortunately. But we have to applaud the gentleman. He's plus 800 right now to, to, to win Defensive Player of the Year. And the only thing, you know, stopping him is a man by the name of T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's on track. He needs five more sacks to break Michael Strahan's record for single sacks in a season. He's at 17 and a half right now. Absolutely crazy. The guy can play football. He's a Watt. We know that we know the Watts. But what we also know about the Watts They're incredibly injury prone, and we've seen that with TJ over the years. We've seen that with JJ over the years. I really hope he can stay healthy. These Watt brothers, they love playing like 12, 13 games. You know, amazing. Defense player of the year, potentially MVP, and then they'll be out for 25 games for like two years. They'll get hurt. They'll go sit in a lake in Wisconsin like they do. I don't know if anybody saw the video of them literally in in a lake that was frozen you know, recovering their bodies. Absolutely unbelievable. Never seen anything like it. But TJ Watt more than likely is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Or Miles Garrett. He's at 15 sacks as well. Miles Garrett's not a real human. Let's get that out of the way and let's get it now. Go look up a picture if you don't know who he is. Like, imagine if you saw him walking on the street. You'd be like, I'm sorry. Is there a solar eclipse right now? Because somebody is blocking the sun. I, I don't know what's going on. But it's incredibly scary. He is one of those guys that like just proves to me that the NFL is so much different now than it was back in the day. So much different now. That guy is as fast as every tight end on the field. And he's putting his hand in the dirt, rushing the passer at 265 pounds, 270 pounds. It's, it's, it, there, you cannot compare the eras. You may be in the NFL back in 70s, right? Let's say the 70s and 80s. You maybe had 10 freaks right? 10 guys, you're like, oh, they are anomalies. There's about three on every team nowadays. Every team's got to chase young. You can have all the natural ability in the world, but you know, your technique is taught. Your technique is, you know, you have to work that. And a lot of these guys work it harder than others. There's so many talented, incredible athletes that could be something that just never get it. They never grasp what they have to do. And it's infuriating for a lot of people but there are about three, four guys on every team that are humans that you shouldn't be walking around the way they are. Are you from this planet? Probably not. So defense player of the year is probably going to go to TJ Watt or Miles Garrett. I would assume TJ Watt, especially if he gets the sack record, which I hope he does. Again, Brett Favre laid down so Michael Strahan could get the record. Michael Strahan, let's not take anything away. Phenomenal, phenomenal year he had with the sack record for the New York Giants. It will go down in history. But if T.J. Watt does it, especially on the Pittsburgh team, who's just on the cusp, just on the cusp, they got to win a couple games. If they don't win, they're going to struggle mightily. Now, coach of the year, can I say something about Cliff Kingsbury, please? Can I say something? I don't like the guy anymore. I don't like the guy. I get, you know, he's 
He's flashy. He's got the house. He looks like a, you know, a Bond villain while he's sitting there in the draft in his house. You know, he's got the in in floor fire pit that comes up and sparks up. I'm like, this guy's pretty cool. I don't think he's that great of a coach. Cliff Kingsbury was like, Bill Belichick should win coach of the year every year. No, not true. He shouldn't win it every year, but he's had a pretty good year and he's the odds on favorite at plus 135. The guy who I think should win it, Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers coach at plus 250. Okay, that's great value. That's great, especially if they win out. Ooh, if they win out, go 14 and three, get a bye. Patriots lost to the Colts. The Patriots lose another game. It's Matt LaFleur all day long. I'd hop on those odds. And then Cliff Kingsbury at plus 1,400. So it's between Bill Belichick and Matt LaFleur. That's all you got to know. And quite honestly, think about taking over a franchise like that, like the Green Bay Packers, and taking over having to run an offense with the greatest ball thrower in the history of ball throwers, Aaron Rodgers. The amount of pressure that's on you to call a game in week after week. Yes, in the NFC Championship last year, he failed. He kicked a field goal on a fourth down where you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. That was his wake-up moment. You know, like, hey, I will never do that again. I will never, ever kick a field goal in the fourth quarter with Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. That can't be done. But I believe, I think Matt LaFleur should win it. If I was going down right now, I'll list them off. Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. Mac Jones wins the uh, Rookie of the Year. Mike Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year. TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year, and Matt LaFleur as the Coach of the Year. That's it. That's how I do it. That's how I see it. And ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate everybody joining us here. Do a couple things before you get out of here. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It really helps. Give us a five-star rating and be a friend. See a friend. Tell a friend. Share it with a friend. My name is Trent Corville, and I will see you all next Thursday. Peace and love. Have a Merry Christmas.